Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. You know, when out-of-staters come and visit me, they are always asking about when's the right time to visit the Orlando theme parks and to be here. Well, when people typically think about coming to Walt Disney World or to Orlando during the summer, sometimes they're thinking about the hurricanes. And while that may be somewhat a factor in our discussion, the reality of summer is not so much your next hurricane, but the daily grind of heat, humidity, and thunderstorms. These factors, more than any, can affect the enjoyment of your next Central Florida vacation. We look at what months of the year it's hot and what months it's worse than hot. We look at practical choices you can make to get through the day, to plan your trip, and in fact, to just find the best options for fun in the sun. With nearly 30 years of Florida living, plus a one-time career in managing water parks, let me share with you the realities and practicalities of dealing with the heat, humidity, and thunderstorm craziness that is Central Florida. It's hot and humid hacks during summer at Walt Disney World. And if you get a chance, please be sure to check out our Disney at Play podcast. In fact, subscribe if you would. Uh, there's actually some charts and images that will help uh, illustrate some of the things um, that we're going to be talking about and, and, and what it's like. And all these uh, suggestions are out, listed for you for your benefit. And by the way, thanks for joining us. If you get a chance and you like our podcast, please go visit uh, iTunes and leave a positive rating and or review. That really helps us, uh, the littlest podcast that could, to kind of help get more viewers. And we appreciate those viewers who have joined us in this past month. Well, let's talk about it. Is it hot outside? It seems to me that there are two seasons in Florida, unlike the four seasons where you may live. In my view, there are really two seasons in Florida. And they're actually not measured by temperature, they're measured by moisture. There's the wet season and the dry season. Well, in truth, it's a little bit new, more nuanced than that. But if you want to think about what times of year are the most practical and when it's practical to think realistically about what to do when it's hot and humid, then this is the podcast for you because we're going to talk about those best times of the year to come visit. Now, hot, dry temperatures can occur and even, even 90 degrees or in Fahrenheit or above in late April. It's happened several times uh, this year in May and even, or especially, in early June. They can also return in September and October. But a hot temperature day, while 90 degrees may be uncomfortable, there's something worse than that. And that is when you have hot, humid temperatures. And those occur largely from June through early October. This is when you not only have high degrees of heat, but you also have humidity, and more importantly, you have the additional threats of thunderstorms. In these charts, you'll see 
that the average temperatures in Orlando come June are 91, 92, 91 for June, July, and August. 89 for September. It's still, it's still considerable. And those are your average highs. It can easily get over 100 degrees certain days and weeks during that time. And yet, what is most noticeable is not the temperature range that goes up, it's the rainfall. Come June, July, August, and even well in, through September, you double the amount of moisture coming down in Orlando. And in fact, you know, some people will say, um, you know, you're actually, um, you actually theoretically have more precipitation in Orlando than you have in a wet place like Seattle. The difference is, is that we bring it all at one moment, and those moments come sometime in the afternoon during June, July, August, and sometimes it comes more than once or twice during the day. In fact, that was my experience in the water park business. It was one thing to have a thunderstorm come through during the day. It was another thing to have two thunderstorms come through and have to close the water park. And there were many days where I ended up with three thunderstorms that would close the water park. And so thunderstorms have a way. It's not rain that closes things down. It's a thunderstorm that does that. And so you want to, we have charts that show those rainy days. We have charts that show um, the humidity, especially, um, it is, it is pretty crazy during the summer in terms of the intensity of the heat, humidity, and rain. Orlando has long been considered the lightning capital of the world. Um, well, um, in truth, I think, uh, um, in truth, I think there's actually some competition on that, it, depending on how you measure it. Uh, I think uh, Rwanda or someplace in Africa has, is, has got a lot of thunderstorms. But make no mistake, we have huge issues um, with lightning in uh, Orlando. Disney doesn't close for rain. Disney closes for lightning. It's lightning that can be a terrible factor, as bad as rain can ruin your day. You can take shelter during a rainstorm or simply put up with it by going on with an umbrella or rain poncho. Thunderstorms, they offer very different challenges to your experience. And that's... um. And so you understand thunderstorms. Let's talk about this. The National Weather Service says the thunder is a sound caused by nearby flashes of lightning and can be heard for a distance of only about 10 miles from the lightning strike. So actually, much further away, you don't really hear the thunder. The sound of thunder, however, should serve as a warning to anyone outside that they are within striking distance of the storm and they need to get to a safe place immediately. Since you see lightning immediately and it takes the sound of thunder about five seconds to travel a mile, 
you can calculate the distance between you and lightning just by saying the flash and then counting the number of seconds before you hear the sound of thunder. And then you divide it by five. So you'll get the distance in miles lightning. For instance, five seconds will equal essentially one mile. 10 seconds, two miles, 15 seconds, three miles, zero seconds, it's on you. You are, it is on you. And I have been, especially in the water park business, where it is on you. And that is a very frightening moment because uh, lightning is can kill. And while the, the, the interesting thing is, is it only strikes in one very specific location. Um, however, it can impact people around you. So I remember on one occasion managing the water park I was responsible for, and it hit, um, it hit, uh, I would say about 50 feet away from the wave pool. It didn't hit the wave pool. It hit about 50 feet off the deck of the wave pool. People in the pool felt it. They weren't harmed by it, but everybody in that surrounding area could feel the effect of that thunder. Um, so you want to be very careful about being around. This lightning thing is really a messy thing. And it really, if you don't pay attention to it, it can ruin your vacation here at Walt Disney World. So allow me to offer some hot and humid hacks, so to speak, for dealing with uh, the weather. The first of these is get early in and early out at the airport. The best time to avoid being shut down, because a lot of people don't realize, if you are in that plane on the tarmac and a thunderstorm hits and they haven't finished loading up that that luggage or they haven't finished loading up that plane, the airport is grounded and it will stay grounded until about 30 minutes after um, the thunder has left the immediate area, which usually is at least two miles away, which means you could be waiting for some time before you actually uh, get off the ground. And that is a very frustrating part of somebody's trip is to sit there waiting. Also included in this problem is that uh, thunderstorms, well, a lot of airplanes, if you have a direct flight that just simply comes and goes between uh, your airport and Orlando. So let's say you have a 7 p.m. flight. Well, if that plane was grounded at 3 o'clock in the afternoon by a thunderstorm and it doesn't get out till 5 o'clock, that may mean it's 10 o'clock before you're out. And if you're waiting, if you've got transportation waiting on you or transportation closes after a certain hour, it can impact you. My When I travel, and I travel extensively, although my travels actually take me out of um, the Orlando area, but let me tell you, during this time of year, I don't travel in the afternoon or evening getting out of here, and I don't come back to Orlando in the afternoon or evenings. I might late in the evening say uh, I might catch a connecting flight in Atlanta at, say, 9 or 10 in the evening that'll get me back in Orlando around 11. But honestly, I do my flying... Um, 
in and out of the mornings. And I, I know for a lot of people, they're saying, well, wait a minute, you know, we just we're checking out of our hotel and we want to maximize our last day before we leave, maybe even go to the parks. That sounds like a really good idea, but you may get to the airport by six or seven in the evening and find that um, your your flight isn't going anywhere. By the way, one of the problems with Orlando International is it doesn't have a lot of late departures. It has some late arrivals, but it does. it's not really in the business of late departures. Really, the best time to leave Orlando is early in the morning or or in the morning hours. So, so that is probably the first problem you can really face in planning your trip. During the months of June, July, August, and September, you should be avoiding flying into or out of Orlando International during the afternoon and early evening hours. Second thing is, when you're out and about, pack smart. Did you know, do you know what the most single sold skew or individualized item that is sold at Walt Disney World? It is the rain poncho. Now, make, Disney probably sells more Mickey ears, but there are a variety of Mickey ears. But there's only one skew, well, actually two skews, probably a children's and adult, but that's it. And they sell a ton of rain ponchos. You don't see them on a, on a dry day, but on a thunderstorm day, you won't even see them in the morning of the thunderstorm day, but you will see them just about a half hour before the thunderstorm. All of a sudden, the ponchos get the most coveted position right by the register because Disney knows that people are going to be buying ponchos in bulk. So you have you need to pack either an umbrella or a rain poncho. I suppose we could also talk about a rain jacket, but I would never, if I were, if it was heavy rain in the winter season, yes, I'd do a rain jacket, but I would never do a rain jacket in the summertime where the heat is intense. You have a choice between an umbrella and a rain poncho. Now, rain ponchos are more convenient because you can kind of wad it all up and, and just put it on when you need it, and it doesn't take a, up a lot of space in your bag, and you could throw it out when you're done with the day, with the deal. Um, umbrellas have a couple of issues surrounding them. First off, when you pass through security, you need to make sure you take out your umbrella. They want to see your umbrella when you pass security, and if you don't, they're going to take you over to a table to have you empty your bag. So take out your umbrella before you go to security if you have one. Some people will say that you are more likely to be struck by lightning if you have an umbrella. And there is some truth to that. But that would be if you were on a wide plane with nothing around you and nothing else for the lightning to strike and you were holding up that umbrella and it, the umbrella was really truly made out of metal, which nowadays so much of them are made out of plastic um, or most of it is made out of plastic. A golf club, that's, you stand out in the middle of the fairway with the golf club, you are more likely to get hit than by an umbrella um, but that said and done, if you actually walk around Walt Disney World, because it is the lightning capital of the world, you see 
lightning rods on all of the buildings. And that is intended to capture that lightning and ground it before it ever hits anybody else or even the buildings themselves. And so by and large, you're okay with an umbrella. It might be easier to go with a poncho. Let me tell you when I use an umbrella. I use an umbrella when I am in a very hot environment and there is no rain. I especially, I learned this in Shanghai Disney, where the temperatures and the humidity get even more intense, but you may not necessarily have a thunderstorm attached to it. I found myself at 9 a.m. in the morning using an umbrella just to offer some semblance of shade as I was going through. So where I like the umbrella is just blocking out the heat more than it is blocking out the rain. But you make your decision based on that umbrella rain poncho. Make sure you get some serious sunblock. You want to get those higher numbers. Um, you want to have water bottles or something to stay hydrated. That's that's an obvious. You may want to pack a hat. I'm not a hat kind of guy, but you may want to do that. What I do like to do is I like to have a small towel to wipe my forehead or wipe things down. Um, now, they've sold those one uh, kind of cloths at Disney. I don't like. I don't like how the moisture absorbs in those. So I'm not a big fan of those. But I do like the idea of just having some small towel to wipe your your forehead or wipe yourself down. By the way, that sunblock, make sure you get it on in advance of walking out. And especially the last thing, craziest thing, is to put on sunblock the moment you walk in, you go into a pool. We're going to talk about pools in a few minutes, but that's not the time to put on sunblock. You want to put on sunblock in advance of those moments so you have time to really let that absorb and 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 provide the block um and i i tell you in this kind of summer heat i put on sunblock on my arms even when i'm just driving because the the infrared coming through the windows of my of my car um it's just i get there's a lot of heat here so um definitely take sunblock seriously the next hack I would recommend is early in and late out on park visits. Early in the day allows you to visit attractions when the queue is lowest and the crowds are still coming in. Now, actually, the reason why I thought to do this podcast today is because I spent the day visiting Universal Studios. My son had complimentary passes for our family. We had. Um, my children in from New York, along with my my grandson, who I got to see for the first time this long weekend. It's been fantastic, and and uh, we just had a really great time. And I have said to my children countless times, you get to the park early, and you avoid so many problems. And today, I watched my family show up late. <laughs> You know, and what happens is you get stuck in traffic and then you get stuff stuck in front of where you have to pay for parking. And then the security line was unbelievable trying to get through security into Universal. And all the while, other people are in the park and they're enjoying attractions with barely any waits during the very first hours of the day because they got there early. 
get there early. Disney's Animal Kingdom, that's a great park to get in early because you can do so much before the heat and humidity of the day takes over. Now, also fantastic is late in the day after a storm particularly has subsided. A thunderstorm does so much to bring down the temperatures and usually bring in a cool breeze. Just a little secret, Orlando is not a wind place. You do not get a lot of breeze. You get them on the coast. You do not, and I I used to do, um, when I lived up on the Panhandle, I used to do um, uh, a lot of windsurfing. And here in Orlando, you can't, you can't even fly a decent kite most days in Orlando. You don't get a breeze. But if you do, it comes after a thunderstorm. There's just this slight breeze coming through. The temperatures are lowered. And it just really makes the evening hours so much more bearable. So I definitely highly recommend that you come back after the storm and take advantage of park hours which may close late like Epcot or the Magic Kingdom. Now, it's really hard, really hard to enjoy the middle of the day between the months of June through October unless you are seeking refuge in the park. It is hot and intense. And when I say seeking refuge, let me go through the best to the worst of the parks in terms of where to get out of the heat, humidity, and thunderstorm. The number one best place to seek refuge is Epcot. Future world is your friend. The living seas, you can spend a good solid hour or more, hour and a half doing attractions there. Get a restaurant uh, reservation at the Coral Reef. You are set for a good long period during a rainstorm. The Land Pavilion. Oh my goodness. That is the perfect place to be when all the thunderstorm craziness is going on. That is probably the number one place, I would say. Um, Mission Space, not a bad choice if the activities, the post activities in the gift shop are something that interests you. What um, Test Track would be a good place if it didn't go outside because there is a lot of post show. You could kind of meander and see the cars. But Test Track's going to go down if there's a thunderstorm. So that's going to be out, and you're going to want to get Test Track well before thunderclouds are moving in for the day. Let me just say, World Showcase, unless you're visiting the American Adventure, World Showcase is your enemy. You are going to be trapped out there, and there are very few options for really taking refuge. It's not a great place. But Future World? Ah, that's a, that's fantastic. Even Journey to Imagination has, uh, you know, you can not only go on the ride, but you can go next door to the Pixar movies or see some of the character meet and greets when they're happening, things of that nature. There are things you could do, a little bit of shopping there. There are choices for, for the Journey to Imagination Pavilion. You don't have a lot of choices when you're in World Showcase. It's not, it's, it's not your friend. The number two choice for dealing with thunderstorms is the Magic Kingdom. Going into 
Hall of Presidents, Mickey's Filler Magic, Carousel of Progress. These are really great ways um, to kind of stay out of the, the, the storm. The problem is you're going to be dumped out into the storm at the end of it. I prefer shopping on Main Street USA because you could take that whole, uh, if you're facing the train station, leaving the park, that whole right side is one long shopping area that you can stay undercover and take advantage of. I also love um, the long indoor lines for character meet and greets like Mickey Mouse and Tinkerbell at Town Square or attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean. Those are great places to seek refuge as well from a thunderstorm. Much less is Hollywood, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, Frozen Singalong has possibilities, but they're going to dump you out. Uh, like Muppet 3D, it's going to dump you out into the rain. And the rains may not be over, so that's not so great. One Man's Dream with the museum showcase the film and, you sh and the Monster Sully's character meet and greet. That's a far better choice. Uh, Launch Bay is not a bad choice. Um, but again, the studios, the one thing you have about studios is it's a smaller park and you can get out in advance. But you want to stay away from, um, you want to stay away from a place like Toy Story Land. You do not want to get in line for, um, for, uh, um, uh, the uh, roller coaster um, in, in Toy Story Land because if that thunderstorm comes along, that thing's down and you're going to be stuck out in in rainy weather and there is little respite unless you rush into Toy Story Mania. But even then, that's going to kind of empty out at some point. So you, it's not a great choice compared to the other previous two. But the worst of the worst is Disney's Animal Kingdom. This is a place to be trapped during a thunderstorm, given the immense size of the park and really the limited number of indoor options. Um, dinosaur is okay because it goes into a gift shop and you kind of hang around the gift shop. Maybe Conservation Station if you've gotten there, but if you're trying to get there and you got to go down that walkway or come back out of it, it Rafiki's Planet Watch can be troublesome. Um, even indoor attractions like Tough to Be a Bug and and um, Finding Nemo the Music, those are going to dump you right outside at the end of the show. And the storm may really happen. And roller coasters, as I said, uh, like Slinky Dog Dash, they don't operate in thunderstorms. So don't be don't be looking to do that. Get that over with early or do that later in the day. A far better choice. For seeking refuge, if you're going to do table service dining, may I suggest that those hours of the day, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, that is a great time to do table service dining because you're going to be in there for an hour, hour and a half, up to maybe two hours depending on the meal, and you can take your time to really enjoy the meal. Um, usually there's a place indoors to wait while you're being seated at your table. I would highly recommend if you're going to do table seating dining, you do it during the lunch hour on hot, warm, muggy days. 
then do it for dinner. Um, you may also want to go to an adjoining property outside the parks or simply go back to your hotel. By the way, another great hack for getting through this hot and humid time is get wet. Cayley River Rapids, Splash Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean, Frozen Ever After, they're all intended to kind of get you at least a little bit sprinkled, if not a doused. Um, and sometimes just saying, hey, I'm going to get doused. You know, make sure your valuables stay dry. But sometimes it's just nice to get wet. Um, I should also mention at this point that heat shock can happen. If you stay in that intense heat, um, and you're going to see it with cool, moist skin, um, you kind of end up with goosebumps when the heat, heavy sweating, faintness, dizziness, fatigue, uh, low blood pressure, muscle cramps. Those are signs that you may be, may be undergoing heat shock. You also want to be careful of dehydration. So drink fluids. Drink the right one. One of the things people are not aware of, um, and this is a problem also, is that they end up going from outside where it's hot and sticky and humid indoors to Disney's um, air conditioning freezers. I mean, going into a, a theater like Country Bear Jamboree or Mickey's Filler Magic can be, these can be really cold facilities in order to keep them from getting warm. And sometimes that back and forth can can be problematic for a lot of people. The final hack I'm going to mention is to rethink transportation, hotel pools, water parks, beaches, and the cruise lines. Let's start with transportation. Cars and buses, buses particularly are your friend. If you got to go walking out to your car, oh man, in the heat of the day, there is nothing like the tarmac of a parking lot to fry you. Um, buses are probably your best friend given, given the heat. Um, but everything else in terms of Walt Disney World transportation could be problematic. Monorails sometimes have electrical problems during thunderstorms. They get shut down and you may be on that monorail. Boats, yeah, I don't want to be stuck with wind and rain pouring on you and you're in the boat. And the Skyliner? No, I don't want to be there during a th thunderstorm. It probably isn't going to be struck by lightning, but with the winds and everything, you don't want to be on those. So buses are probably your best friends. Best thing to do is to get out early. Don't wait to see a gray cloud. Keep track. Find a weather tracker, some software, and keep track of what the weather is looking at from, the, from about 11 a.m. on. Um, and they can come as early as 11 a.m. in the morning. So you want to be out. If you're going to go back to your hotel, get out of there sooner, not when it starts raining. That's that's that becomes more problematic than anything. Let's talk about let's talk about pools for a moment. Uh, hotel pools are the best thing about a Disney resort stay. Because you can go back and swim. And I love doing that. But here's the problem. Is the pools, they're going to be closing if there's a thunder strike. And so if you're thinking you're going to go back to go swim in your pool, mm, probably not going to happen. Or you may get in there and find that you're getting out of it, you know, 10 minutes later. 
because that thunderstorm's going in. So get in the pool early, or better yet, stay late. Some of my best times last summer when we were staying at Disney's Wilderness Lodge was hitting the pool around 9 o'clock in the evening after the park's closed. That is a great time to come. I'll tell you what the best thing to do during a thunderstorm is take a nap. There is just nothing like the distant sound of a rainstorm and a thunderstorm. You're taking a nap. You're getting refreshed. You're getting re-energized. You have the energy when you wake up to go and enjoy the parks again or hit the pools when it's free to do so. I highly recommend naps, but maybe I'm just getting old. Water parks. The same problem exists here as they do with um, pools. I highly recommend the Disney water parks. They are like a vacation from your vacation. But get in there early. Don't, don't think that, oh, we'll go until noon at uh, the studios and then we'll go take a bus over to the water park. You're just going to get there and then find the whole thing shut out. You are not going to like your life when you get to Typhoon and five minutes later they've shut down that park and it's going to stay shut down for uh, a little bit of time while, while those things pass by. They're going to wait until at least 30 minutes from um, the moment that there is at least a two-mile distance between the lightning and the thunder. In other words, if there's a 10-second distance between lightning and thunder, they'll then start to wait at least 30 minutes afterwards. So you are stuck in, um, you're stuck in a water park. So get in there early, or if you're open to it, go there late. Again, the place clears out. Now, nothing clears out the water parks like a thunderstorm. They see the thunderstorm coming and they head for the hills. And so actually to get on slides and things like that at 5, 6 in the evening is when, and unfortunately water parks used to stay open longer. They're not open as long as they used to. But I tell you, you get in on that, that period of time from maybe if the thunderstorms end by 3, and you get in there from three to six or something like that, you can have a really great experience during that time. And it's a little bit cooler and not so intense. Um, beaches. You may want to go to the beach. And beaches, the good news about beaches is usually when you when you consult your, um, your, your weather app, you'll see that the temperatures are usually three to four to five degrees cooler than they are in Orlando. That's the great news about the beaches. The bad news about the beaches is that the surroundings leave you vulnerable. You are more likely to get struck at the beach from lightning than you are at a theme park or even a golf course. You want to get into the you want to get into the beach early in the morning, maybe do a sunrise type thing or after you take that nap, drive over to the beach and watch the sunset and get a bite to eat on, on the coast. That's a great time to do it. But in the intensity of the day, you're just killing yourself off to get there and then all, and then just to be left vulnerable by thunderstorms coming through that area. Now, finally, let me talk about cruise lines. I love the cruise lines. I am so overdue for getting on my next Disney cruise. But let me tell you, I'm reticent 
about cruising during the summer. First of all, if it's hot in Orlando and it's humid during the summer months, it is more so in the Caribbean. Whether it's Barbados or Cancun or wherever you're going, it, it is going to, uh, the Castaway Key, it is going to be more intense in terms of weather. And those thunderstorm things, they still happen out there too. So there is possibilities of thunderstorms and that can leave you um, in a vulnerable place. Uh, worse is an incoming hurricane. In the case of a hurricane, you may be rerouted and you may not see Castaway Key. Or worse, the cruise is going to be canceled. Then you've got to figure out where you're going to go at that point and how you're going to get back home or if you're going to have to seek refuge in Orlando during, during a hurricane. So um, that's why I don't really propose hurricanes. I, I go in October. I go in January. I go in March, February on the cruise lines. And I find that some days are a little cool, but most days are just warm enough to enjoy the pools, enjoy the amenities, enjoy beaches, wherever you, in Castaway Key. I prefer those times of year as opposed to the heat of the summer. Now, some people don't have a choice because it's the only time their whole family can take time off for vacation. And heaven knows that holidays during the middle of the year are incredibly expensive for the cruise line. But just go in with that understanding that sometimes that's the hardest part of the year to be doing um, a cruise. It's because you not only have heat and humidity and thunderstorms, you also have the real potential of, um, of a hurricane. And hurricanes, it's not the eye of the storm that's the problem in the hurricane. It's everything around it, and that around it can go for hundreds of miles. And if you've ever been tossed in the ship of sea, as great as those ships are, as well as they do a great job of navigating those ships, you don't want to be in rough waters. So just know there's some ideas. Well, that, that pretty well sums up what I think are hot and humid hacks during summer at Walt Disney World. And I hope they benefit you as you think through and plan your next trip. I don't want to discourage you from coming. Come. Just come smart and plan it smart, and then you're going to have a better stay as a result. Thanks for being with us on this Disney at Play podcast, and thanks for your participation. Be sure to, again, check us out. Um, check out our YouTube page, J. Jeff Cobras. Make sure you subscribe there, and be sure to check out our Patreon account, which is the Wayfinder Society. The Wayfinder Society is a way to support the activities of Disney at work and play, while at the same time giving you some fantastic interactive guides and apps that you can use to enjoy your love of Disney. No podcast, no, no Patreon group offers you more return for the dollar than we do through our apps and interactive maps and activities at Disney at work and play. So be sure to check those out. Finally, remember, wherever you are, wherever you set sail, always, as we say in Sinbad Storybook Voyage, and we have a podcast for that, just search Sinbad, follow the compass of your heart. It will lead you home. Hey, have a great day. 
Take care. We'll see you real soon.